Hi everyone, I am Shannon Bodie, and thank you so much for tuning in to the, this episode of the Love in the Mirror podcast. This week, we're continuing our series that we're following in the Love in the Mirror course, and we're turning that inward glance we've been doing a little bit outward now, looking at the learning lab of relationship. This is the Love in the Mirror podcast. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Welcome back, and thank you for spending time. I just have to acknowledge and honor this week. We all have a lot going on, and we have a lot going on in our global community. A lot of anxiety or fear, perhaps, is pervading. And before we enter into the content for this week, I want to take a pause, a deep breath, and just send my gratitude to each of you for choosing right now to spend time in a way that elevates your experience with yourself, your experience with others, and hopefully elevates your consciousness and increases your calm. And just sending that global prayer, really, from my heart to yours, dear listeners, for all of our swift resolution, safety, and healing. If any of you have some real anxieties around the spread of the coronavirus or fears and just how to relate in a way as our lives are changing day to day to yourself with some compassion and calming, perhaps centering, I want to alert you to, at this point, it will have been a past Facebook Live episode uh, that you can find on Inner Peace Rising my apologies, on facebook.com slash rising uh, that is hosted on the 17th, Tuesday of this week. And I just go over a few minutes of strategies to stay grounded and centered, particularly if, as many of us are, you're the anchor in your family or one of the anchors in your communities. And folks are looking to you for leadership right now. A few very simple energy medicine strategies to stay grounded amidst the challenges that we're all facing. And so I just wanted to put in a plug for that. Please again, feel free to go to facebook.com slash rising to look for the replay of the Facebook live where I go over some strategies there. And as we turn our attention to this topic this week, the learning lab of relationship, I have to say, I find that coincidences purely and simply are very rare. And for many of us, our worlds are getting more virtual right now. They may also be a little, maybe feel a little constricted. And I had a really good mentor point out to me this past weekend of what's not a better time than to turn our attention toward our evolution. What better way not to ignore the fears that are happening, but to really look at what are the labs that we're in right now of learning and how can we better them? And so that's our pivot as we continue forward in our curriculum this week. If you've been following along, this past few weeks, we've been looking at that deeper sense of self-love and connection and how we can practice that in a very real, practical, and tactical way. 
in terms of our own goal setting, behaviors with ourselves, attitudes, and really postures from a genuine place, from a wise place that we can take toward ourselves. And because we are not in a vacuum, we're going to turn that focus outward for the next few weeks on the learning lab of relationship itself. This is that real love in the mirror intention that wherever we are, even if right now some of our interactions are more virtual than live or in person, we all have mirrors of relationship that reflect back to us both desired states of relating and some states that need improvement. So to make the most of this next 30 minutes for yourself, I just invite you to first, once again, reorient to your why. Why does it matter for you personally today, no matter what's going on in your day, to look at your relationships? Not with scrutiny or digging in at criticism, but as a lab for opportunity for things to get even better. And to really make this as meaningful for you as possible, what relationships would help most for you to focus on? Perhaps not those that are really rife and strife and challenging right now, unless, of course, that's what you're ready for. Then more power to you. If you need resources for diving into that deep end or you've already been working there for a while, cheers. That is awesome. I join you there and you can contact me for support as well. But what are the labs that, ah, and when I say labs, I'm saying those, those really learning opportunities in our relationships that you're ready to maybe explore for them as an opportunity to get better at something yourself. I have plenty of them on a daily basis because what these are, are mirroring our own opportunities for growth our opportunities to focus on what we have control over. So take a moment for yourself. Since these are our greatest learning labs, what is something you desire, perhaps in relationship, that's not yet happening or that you would like more of? What nature of relationship feels the most ripe and ready to work with right now? Is it with your significant other, a colleague? one of your kids, a family of origin member, or a friend? Is it a pattern of trigger? And we'll look at that a little bit. That has to do with more than one person. So I have a couple of relationships in my life or a couple of pockets where I see the same trigger coming up and I realize that if I work with that in myself, then that's going to improve a couple of areas of my life and relationship, both with family and at work, for example. So I'm giving you that pause to land on just something you'd like to run some scenarios with in our time together, this podcast, just to run it through. Apply the questions, see what comes out the other side. It's an experiment that we can play with together. So keep that in mind. What is your why? Why does it matter for this relationship to improve 
Or why does it matter to bring in to your life this nature of relationship if it's not here yet? Applying growth mindset, even if it's not here right now, it is on the way. It's just not here yet. So what can we do to bring that about with that divine right authentic action? Yes. So taking a look at that together. Then once you've identified the person or nature of relationship you'd like to play with in the sandbox for this podcast, how does this break down into any goals, right? Or smart goals. So we do a lot of coaching principles in this podcast and looking at really quantifying things, not in just their own way for analysis, but in a way so that when you're exploring your relationship, you're not just in that analysis paralysis, right? You are looking at something you'd like to change because uh, I don't know, but anytime I try to change somebody else, doesn't usually go very well for me. What's in my realm of control is my response to them, my response to the trigger they are providing. So that's what we're working with, not a goal around how we will get this person to change in XYZ amount of days by having them do this instead of this. What we can change, for example, is our communication with them, our boundaries with them, how we respond to the trigger that they represent or bring up. So what is the reaction or behavior in yourself that you would like to play with? Where do you find yourself getting irritated or upset? And what will your evidence be of the success that's about you and not about them as much? It is fun. I, I, oh my gosh, I don't blame you. I join you in the, that measurement of, I will feel better and successful when this person stops doing this behavior, then I will have succeeded every once in a while. That's fantastic. And again, very rarely within our realm of control, no matter how much we might want it to be. Ah, but what's the evidence of success for you? What does that look like? How can we use also the behavior of another as a new habit trigger for our care? If this is going on, particularly if it's in a relationship that's not leaving our life anytime soon, say with our kids, our colleagues, our significant other, and we're staying in that relationship, uh, there are behaviors that we can use as triggers for our own care. For example, when my kids roll their eyes at me, That's my sign. I'm going to take three deep breaths. I'm sure none of you have ever been in that boat. When I find that I have to repeat myself for the sixth time so that my child hears me, that's my sign to take three deep breaths. Just for example, right? Hmm. We can use our own reactions too. We've talked about habit stacking a little bit. So we can use something we can kind of count on from another person as a trigger. This person gets up and always gets a soda right after dinner. Cool. That's my sign that I'm going to uh, do a little bit of stretching. Now, I really wish they would stretch with me, but that's going to be my reminder to do that behavior for myself. Or our own reactions, those that are the greatest challenge for us. We might have done some work and seen where we 
start to retreat or we start to avoid. For me and for a few of us that we've been sharing in this Love in the Mirror course, I know some of us have some patterns of avoidance. You are not alone. If you have a pulse, you probably have some patterns of avoidance and wanting to go away like scrolling on the phone on Facebook for a while, or uh, just feeling like you need to take a bit of extra time where you're not engaging with people all the time. So it might look like when I feel like I, I, I need to avoid my family, that's my invitation for self-care practice. It doesn't mean I can engage in it right then, but if I want to tune people out who I love, That's my sign. I probably need some loving attention. Yes. So that means even if I can't do it right then on the calendar, I am putting a self-care practice within the next five days. That's my sign because I must need that time because I'm hiding in my Facebook feed right now, which is counterproductive for my self-care, at least for me. One of the ways we can also use a goal or a trigger is working with our old habitual belief systems. So I've identified a couple of ways we can goal here, right? Just to kind of break it down to you. We can tie that behavior of another person as a trigger for our new pattern. We can tie our own reactions as a trigger for a new pattern. So those reactions become responses, mindful responses. Yes. that get us toward what we'd like. And thirdly, we can work with those habitual beliefs. I have a few. (laughs) Again, if you have a pulse, you probably have some well-worn patterns of thought that show up. I myself have several of them in relationship that I'm proving myself wrong about, sometimes on a daily basis. Some of my really old ones, my old ruts in the road, neurologically, are around abandonment. And I think that could be the case for many of us. If I show this part of myself, you are not going to like me. You are going to discover you don't love me and you're going to leave. If any of us have ever had something go in perfectly and someone has left us or we witnessed other people being left or we were left in some way in our childhood or upbringing, that resonance might be there still. And when we're all in times of stress or heightened stress, like many of us are right now, those can come up as an old habitual response more than ever. So my old beliefs of, oh my gosh, you're going to leave. I'm going to be left alone. Those are so well known to me at this point, those old tapes. I used to beat myself up for them showing up. Like, oh, I can't believe those are still here. Well, why haven't I fixed this? Mm, not going to throw that second arrow or beat myself up for that. Now for me, it's a sign of, oh, okay, something just needs attention. I can flip my tape here. I can flip my tape. When the abandonment tape shows up for me, my practice is I check in with the age of myself, my own inner child of how old I was when those first came up. How you doing, little inner 10-year-old, inner 5-year-old? And I take a deep breath and I let her know that she's okay. 
that she is safe. And usually for me, that involves a little bit of yoga or some energy medicine moves. But if I have two minutes or even 30 seconds and that spike of fear and that old belief that accompanies it comes up, I check in, I remind myself and the younger version of myself who originally had that fear play out that it's okay that she's safe. So a few ways to cue and ask yourself, how do we work with those old habitual beliefs? Find the strategy that works for you. When you feel one coming up, what can you put in its place? So naming the old style of thinking based on very real experience. I am not invalidating that experience at all. Oh my gosh, I honor you for getting through it, for coping through it. That's where the belief came up in the first place. I honor you and I see you, my friend, in it. What would you like to feel and experience instead? Sometimes it's as simple as reminding yourself that reality and saying it to yourself in the first person as though it's already occurring. There's a lot of cool science about why that's important. A couple of other strategies I would recommend. I love and so appreciate Byron's Katie, Byron Katie's work called The Work. Sweet little four-question system. You can run that through, right? Is this true? Is it absolutely true, this old belief? Who would I be without this thought? Oh, I might be free. Right? Or is it a process similar to my own that I shared? And I've done this with several clients over the last couple of decades. When an old painful belief or thought comes up, I'll be alone. I'm not enough. Even something like this person is driving me crazy and I am so angry. When those thoughts go through, Immediately use that as a reminder to check in. Oh, I need something right now. What do I need right now? And to the best of our ability, listening with curiosity and compassion to what arises. Because people are going to keep doing what they're doing. We get to change our response as an invitation to go back inward and use their cues for us to cultivate more awareness, and a greater experience. And then when we're not coming from that same place and relating to them, we have the chance to stop the spiral of how we've been relating. We cannot, of course, solve a problem from the same state that created it, right? So when we get some new insight, because we've taken deep breaths, because we've stepped out of our stress response for a moment, because we've applied a new thought pattern and chosen it consciously, we are opening the gateway to new realms of relating and possibility. And new realms of relating and possibility in that relationship. From our seat of control, and consciousness. So those are just a few ways to look at goals. And then of course, I I invite all of us to open to as much support in this process as possible. Whatever your practices are to reground in your own connection to divinity, source, to presence in your body. If it's asking for help in that moment, from God, Christ, 
your awareness, your higher power, if it's asking for someone who's passed on in your life, asking for their help and imagining their loving presence coming in while you're in this struggle, while you're in this challenge that is temporary, but might feel really permanent in the moment. And check in with your body and where you might start to feel some openness as you let that help arrive. Opening to support as well. With just this reflection of the other person who we might perceive as the other, as creating that challenge. Oh, one of the ways that I, again, do not have mastery over this, I do find that it helps when I can look at that person who's triggering me as teacher, not from a practice of power over structure. They are not the boss of me in that moment. I don't have to do everything they're telling me. In fact, quite frankly, I work with the patterns of rebelling against that a lot and rebelling against authority of any kind. If you're in there with me, I feel you. But this person is a teacher. They're here to show me something. And nine times out of 10, it's not to intentionally irritate me, piss me off, hurt my feelings, trigger me. It just is what it is. They're just living their life. And it happens to pull or snag on those things of mine that that I just don't have all resolved yet that I'm ever, ever evolving in practice around. If I can see that, oh, you're showing me something. This is here for me. This isn't happening to me. You're not doing this to me. You're doing this for me. So I don't have to feel stuck this way anymore. Oh, okay. That reframe sometimes help flip the switch for me. And then what does this situation have to teach you? Where would you like to accelerate the lesson so you can retain the wisdom of it and leave the pain, frustration behind? So depending on, and we'll look at this deeper in a couple of other weeks, next week included, depending on the nature of relationship you're looking at. I want to be very clear about boundary setting here. Let's take a pause. That could be its whole own workshop. But sometimes it's not you necessarily. It's that you might be evolving past what this current relationship has to teach you. So looking at that from a place of discernment, not of a knee-jerk reaction, but of discerning. Now, the current relationship might be concluding what it has to teach you in its current state. So, again, where do we have control? Where do we have choice in the nature of relationship and how it's going? Where can we rewrite and edit the contract? And to what degree of intimacy would we like to involve the other person in that? For many of us, if this is a very important relationship in your life, this is something you want to be addressing consciously with the other person. 
looking at uh, the rules, either implicit or explicit, that you've been relating to with each other and having a conversation about it. You know, we kind of had this unspoken agreement of when you do this, I do this. A couple of examples I'll share with you for that. Uh, Probably it's been about a decade. depends on the context, but there are a few relationships or cohorts really in my life that our bonding was based around sort of, forgive the phrase, but a, a sitting bitch or a stitching bitch, so to speak, where we would bond and connect around a mutual gripe. Nothing unifies like a common enemy, right? So it might've been a boss. It might've been, you know, a societal structure, something political, you name it. But it was like scratching a good itch that never furthered any solution. It just, but it gave us this common ground. And over time, I would realize that I I never felt necessarily better after those interactions. I felt connected. I got the social needs, the connections met, but I didn't feel elevated. I didn't feel like I was accessing something bigger, brighter, better. And as those start to become intentions in my life, some of those groups fell away. It was just a natural evolution. And it for some of them, it was a bigger deal than others. <laughs> but some of them I could address and say, you know, could we give ourselves a time limit on how we gripe? <laughs> Can we set ourselves a time limit? Because sometimes, oh my gosh, the venting is powerful. It's important. We need to just get it out. We can name it so that we can move into solution conversation or brainstorming that's going to make us both feel better. And gosh, some of my strongest friendships to this day are those operating with those agreements of, oh, okay, we're going to walk and chat for five minutes and vent about the tough stuff. And we're not ignoring the tough stuff in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it might be really substantial. The rest of our time, though, even if we're looking at the same topic, is going to be about brainstorming. What can we do? What can we do together? What do you need, my friend? I'm holding space for you. How can we make this better for each other? And that, my benchmark of the goal, you know, that, that smart goal was, oh, I actually feel uplifted and I have some positive strategies moving forward after my time with that person. And those, man, those really move me forward. They bring me back in a more fulfilled place to serve my clients, to be there for my family because of those friendships. And the friendships that didn't want to come along that way with me or where we just didn't naturally have a lot of content, they fell away. And that was okay too. There's no ill will there. It's a, oh, this doesn't quite match anymore. So you get to decide what might start to fall away for you right now. To what degree do you consciously want to address those contracts, those rules, those agreements? We don't always need revolution in relationships. Sometimes it's just gentle reform. But where are those, where's the balance for you? And what are you ready for? And how do you trust yourself to know the difference? As you look at your guidance around any relationships in need of just some evolution, some change, or perhaps some closure, I invite you deeply to tap into trusting your intuition, trusting your internal compass, 
following that source guidance in all the ways that you are deeply connected. Oh, dear ones, I invite you to trust yourself. If something continually isn't feeling right, if something continually feels like you are drained after those interactions, or you're not fully allowed or celebrated or seen in your vibrant self that's growing all the time, trust that. Pay attention to that. Because you deserve to get to grow into and become continuously. We deserve relationships that allow for that evolution, celebration, and witnessing. Even if it's, you know, a little bit takes people to catch up sometimes, which it will. But those folks that are there for us unequivocally and celebrating where we are and what we're learning from a place of either direct empathy or celebrating on the sidelines. Sweetie, I see you. That's awesome. I don't quite get it, but wow, you're amazing. Look for those, my friends, because oh, it really feels different. Really feels different. Life is too short to spend time elsewhere. And you each deserve to be celebrated, upheld, uplifted as you uphold and celebrate others. You deserve that coming back to you. And then finally, how will you know that you've made the changes toward that acceptance and love of yourself as you relate to others? There might be some tumultuous times, right? When you're making those relationship changes or revisions. So ever now, ever more now than before, really offer yourself what you're seeking in another in terms of that validation and acceptance. I mean, lather it on. If you need ideas on that, I invite you to facebook.com slash rising or the most recent episode on gratitude for yourself. There's nothing that greases the wheels for powerful change more than treating ourselves with compassion as we approach it. So keep tuning in the next few episodes, my friends, for a little bit more on each of these, on how we look at relationships, how we elevate our experience. Because you deserve to feel enlivened and thriving throughout your time with others. And I know there are very, (laughs) very, very real responsibilities that we all have in our parenting, in our day-to-day jobs, that sometimes we just got to get through it. So when we have the control and we can pick our experiences, it really matters to give ourselves the gift of company that is joyful. And we get to co-create that together. I hope that you've had a few hits on what you might want to play with intuitively. And I hope you pick one thing from this time that you get to do as an action step for yourself. Even if it's thinking about what could be better. Even if it's visioning that next friendship, relationship, job circumstance that you would like to bring into your life. Clearly. It's okay if it's not here yet. It's on the way. And we can look toward that reality together. Thank you, everybody, 
Tune in next week for more. And gentle reminders. Go back to that Facebook Live event if you'd like to see some stress reduction techniques right now. Facebook.com slash rising, And you can reach me at Shannon at InnerPeaceRising.com or go to InnerPeaceRising.com for more content and upcoming coursework. It's my joy and honor to be with you all today. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Shannon Bodie, and this is the Love in the Mirror podcast. Thanks for being here, everyone. Keep tuning in next week. If something got stirred up for you in listening today, we're going to look at other strategies in relationship, at other strategies and boundaries and opening up and how we deal with those reactions in ourselves that, trust me, been there every day. You're not in it alone. I can't wait to be with you next week. Until then, let's take that deep breath together and connect with the peace that's possible right now, especially now. Thanks for listening, my friends.